You dunces, McGraw is out on yellow card accumulation, so he'll be rested and will likely start against RSL in the Open Cup. We're going to crush those teetotalers. It pains me to say this, but I'm starting to agree with some of Randy's takes. Josh has now fallen into the worst take bin. Josh, are you watching the same matches as us or are you watching Margot play FIFA on her Atari Lynx? Evander may not hustle like Milano, but he's a smarter player. Perhaps his lack of urgency is due to a better understanding of the need and the risk. With all of the injuries to the team, including his own, maybe he's smart to take it a bit easier. Jonathan, what's with all the bully hype? He scored a goal. Big deal? In my opinion, he hasn't shown much. You know who has scored more goals and isn't even a striker? Our right back, Juan Mosquera. Please don't make me repeat repeat myself. Quit huffing your damn vape pens into the mic. Let me be the tiebreaker on the debate about listeners' suggested songs to close the show. I vote yes, and I'd like to vote for my favorite song, Fitter, Happier, by Radiohead. Oh, that boy really gets my processor humming. Gotta go double-click my mouse now. For breaking soccer news, for insight that excels, for expert analytics, you better go somewhere else. Portland Betting Soccer Podcast. Enjoy it now, cause it probably won't last. Bitches poop, they cover it all, they'll discuss everything except football. Portland Betting Soccer Podcast. Welcome to episode 80, season 4, episode 12, if you're counting, of the Portland Vanity Soccer Podcast. It's summerish, So yes, we're good. This is Jonathan coming to you from Northeast Portland. This is Josh coming to you live and direct from Westland, Oregon, where it's about to start thunderstorming. Oh, yay. Is it really? Uh, yeah. Huh. This is Greg in Northwest Portland, not live, because we're recording this ahead of time, and I will edit it heavily. <laughs> Portland? This is uh, Randy in Northeast Portland, coming to you live adjacent. It's <laughs> <laughs> actually the funniest thing you've ever seen. Wait, Randy, how, yeah. how was it sitting in the front row? Um, well, I got a story about that to tell you. I'll save it for the app for the match. Then never mind. I'll talk. We'll talk about it later. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds good. Randy, what's coming up in this episode? Why? What's coming up is we're going to talk about uh, match results. We have Austin, the Open Cup match against RSL and Vancouver. And we're going to talk about some predictions, handle some listener questions, and talk about a little Timbers biz. All right. Like Timbers, Timbers biz. Timbers biz. Biz. Since okay. the last time we released an episode, the Timbers have batted the cycle, gone one, one, and one. <laughs> I don't know. Should we be excited about that? I'm, I'm, I'm not excited about uh, baseball references. <laughs> oh, we are trending upwards. So yeah. okay, sorry, sorry guys, I balked that one. Uh, I'll hit a home run. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for Dodger baseball, can we get a pitch Let's... hitter in for Greg? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's take it in order. Last Saturday we had a very, very, very late two-two draw against Austin FC. <sighs> A lot of guys are saying this is a tie that feels like a loss. Some people say it's a tie that feels like a tie. What do you guys think? A tie that feels like a loss, although now it feels like less of a loss. 
tie that feels like a loss. You can't give up a game tying goal in stoppage time at home to a team totally. that does not have their their main striker. Josh, I agree with both of them. What about you, Greg? I'd say if you just look at the scoreline, it's a tie that feels like a tie. If we had not given up that goal in stoppage, it would have felt like a tie. Stoppage goal is the worst. Yeah, if that was in the 65th minute or something and it's a tie game and it ends a tie game, you're like, oh, that kind of sucks. But hey, we get a point. That's good. But in stoppage time... To Will Bruin, I thought that he went to high school with Randy, so I'm not sure what he's actually doing on the field. Here's uh, the- he got subbed in as they're announcing him. I turned to everybody that I'm with. I'm like, this guy always scores against us late in the match after he's been subbed in, and um, it, it, unfortunately, it, it happened again. So you're saying it's your fault, Randy? No, but it's so weird. If Randy knows that, why doesn't yeah. Gio know that? I mean, surely. <laughs> He's had, yeah, he's he he does have a history of doing that. <laughs> <laughs> that was really funny. Um, uh, it's a good question. I uh, Again, number one, Maviala starting is, I, I think at this point, and we'll probably talk about him some more as the, as this episode continues, but it's, uh, I think that era has to be over. It has to be done. Anyone, the, the- the disappointing thing was he actually had a really good first half. He was, he like every time a pass came into Zardes, like in the box, he was right alongside of him, cutting it off. And um, he had a really good first half, but that goal I think was his fault because he made no move to intercept that. And I think he should have had that. So it was, yeah, that was, that was a real bummer. You talking about Mabiala in the first half and having a decent first half. I thought he had um, a good first half. So one of the things that was interesting, we obviously lined up with four in the back. And so where I'm sitting like directly at midfield, and you guys can probably see this better than me in some instances, but for this specific bit, Mascara for most of that game was in the attacking half, especially in the first half. Uh, He was rarely playing defense at all. And it was almost like Mabiala was floating farther right to cover for Mascara. And it was like Bravo coming back to cover for, I forget who was it, Zuprich or whoever it was. It's like we almost ended up being like in a, three-man back line but it would it would rotate back to a four-man back line for when it was like a corner kick or whatnot but it was i was going to give mabiala credit as well for the first half i like for being able to cover basically you know right center and you know and right fullback but um it uh, it was weird i think i messaged that to you guys in the moment during the match saying like rewatch this match if you haven't just because the i thought that was super weird how the formation it was very fluid like clearly practiced it wasn't like that was a surprise to anyone they knew what they were doing but the giving up a goal like it's that's on that's on mabiala in the end again yeah um so i mean spent no Ooh. time on this yeah. uh <laughs> So we don't have another hour and 48 minute episode. <laughs> we got a lot of really good feedback about that. Yeah. Everyone said they listened to every single second of that episode. <laughs> um, I, ahead, predictions. Sorry. Yeah, we have to do the, the predictions. So uh, for this one, uh, Randy predicted a three to two win. Greg, a three to one win. Josh, a two to zero win. And me, a four to one win. And we were all wrong. I would say, Randy, you are yet again the closest. Somebody should really be tracking this. Uh, no, I'm going to delete all these. Uh, so um, this is the thing that I used put in to the do right answers. Portland made in or soccer made in Portland. I was such a nerd that I I used to track their predictions and 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 who did they would no, side bet not. every time, and I made like a chart and tables and posted it online such a nerd Do, is that <laughs> yeah. where is that online can you share it's, that uh, link for our listeners? it's on um it's on ptfzine.com i th- i think i might have taken the link off the front page but it's I'll it's put still it back i'll put it back i'll put it if it's not on the front page i'll put it in the show description <laughs> is that when it was richard farley no it was pre richard farley that was with uh, what's her name uh the gal 
Uh, well, I was I did it for like two different sets of hosts. That's how long I did it, multiple seasons. And they don't do that on the the new version of this, do they? They don't do I, any predictions. I don't listen to it. Do you, you? Ryan Clark and Chris Reifer. Yeah. No. Greg's boyfriend. Yeah. Ryan. Greg has a lot of boyfriends. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. true. Yeah. <laughs> I Greg, why do you? You look so not. You look so sad right now. You look sad again. Well, yeah, Randy's talking. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, don't don't just because you never learned how to talk to another man doesn't mean that you need <laughs> to, um, to insult Randall. He is old and it's offensive to him. Um, uh, what? But being old is yeah. not offensive to me. Greg's but, old. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Greg just had a birthday. He's old. Ooh. He's turning old next year. Oh, uh, okay. Are you still um, in your thirties, Greg? Yep, barely. Good for you. Looks like his sixties, but <laughs> but in his thirties. Fair. Spending no time on this. Do we want to talk about anything else about Austin? Oh, you know what? I'll tell you what. Something that was cool is we had a little cultural exchange with uh, a patch um, trading community from Austin, made up of a Timbers fan who I guess was a Timbers fan. The guy's name is Dustin. I forget his last name. Um, but he he's he was from Austin and I think he's moved back there but he was in in heavily involved in Timbers and when Austin got his own team he just he's very involved them there but they have a, a patch culture and uh, they had like a traveling crew of like 13 people or so that came to that match and um, we had a little group meeting of pack, patch culture at uh, the patch zone and uh, it was full of lots of good vibes and friendship and and uh, just it was a lot of fun any hugs saw... what's that hugs, yes hugs too nice nice did you guys spread covid no this okay just, not... just, just a question not a big deal you don't get defensive um, did not go so... to the coast while well, i had no. <laughs> cannon beach uh i so I saw some of those photos that were posted of the the patch event, and so uh, what I clearly have noticed is that our patch game, in terms of fan made merchandise, is is was much more advanced than theirs. Like a lot of the patches I noticed on some of the Austin fans jackets were ones that looked like you bought it like a a fun store versus it being sure. Austin FC sure, specific. Sure, sure. For but sure, I'm but not going to talk shit up, but I'm going to say like, like, but I imagine them entering into like you know our patch zones and seeing everything that's been created is going to spark a ton of creativity down there. Yeah, they're they're fairly new on this situation, and so you know what I mean. They're doing it all from the beginning, and so that's to be expected. Um, they're they're there's some good stuff though. They have some funny things, and um, they're well on their way to 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 have a pretty vibrant culture. I, I encourage those guys to um, sort of document everything that they can now because everything's real brand new and fresh. And so they won't have to go like, cause there's a lot of, a lot of holes in our patch culture that were like, Oh, where, you know, that we don't remember because nobody was really documenting those things in 2012 or whatever, when they started coming out. Maybe but, you um, can go gatekeep their patch patrol too. Yeah. Yeah. Fully on it. Uh, I'm, so much, I'm so much into gatekeeping that I'm turning over the the uh, code that I wrote for our website to a guy from their community so that they can have their own website. Oh, nice. Oh, so they could just, like, copy the base of the site? Yeah, you know, the, the, nice. the listing and the trading aspects of it, the, all the... Yeah. Yeah. So, Greg, go. The, so, yeah, it's exciting for them and uh, looking forward to more collaborations and meetups like that. It was funny. They uh, When they originally reached out, they were kind of like uh, they were nervous about not everybody, but some people were nervous about, you know, were they going to be allowed to come over to that side of the stadium? You know, it's like, yeah, don't worry about it. You know, we'll we'll have you an escort for you if you want, but it's totally 100 percent unnecessary. I mean, yeah, so oh, it, they- it was the people were scared to come over to like PZ one area. The the Austin fans were worried about traveling from that area of the stadium because it's all the way to the opposite side. What you know, potentially getting harassed by people or whatever. But no, because yeah, they're going to be. We only harass our own. That's right. That's, that's fair. <laughs> so I wonder if anyone there fell in love with each other and if they're going to make babies and who, who would they pick? 
to <laughs> to support? Would it yeah. be the Timberwolves? We want names. Yeah, sure. Um, well, not yeah. Austin. I I did love it. It's fun to see that, and the the concept of like ultras culture is stupid, and the fact that you could have two supporters groups. Oh, from, I have, do I have a segment for you later on? Ooh, baby. Um, I, uh, I love the idea of, of that happening and, and sharing a bit of that again with Austin being a very similar makeup, um, to Portland. So anyway, we, with that one, I think we can, we can move on. Horrible owner. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. I always forget that. It's like Matthew McConaughey. There's lots of feel goods there, but then it's like pre-court Dell. Yeah. Um, Next Greg. up, a midweek U.S. Open Cup match. The Portland Timbers are knocked out of the competition by, was it a first team or a second team RSL? I don't even know. I can't keep track of any other teams because of stupid Apple TV and all the matches being played at the same time, so I have no idea what's going on with other teams. RSL only has a second team. <laughs> well, their second team beat our third team. Oh. They always beat us. Was it their second team? What do you, Greg, what do you mean you can't keep track of it? You can watch any game you want, and you can see previews of every game. Or- no, you don't need to go back and watch recorded matches of teams that you're not there to specifically yeah. see. That's that's the dumbest thing that I've ever heard. Oh, my okay. God. <laughs> Timbers lose <laughs> three to four. Uh, I'm going to blame Jonathan for this one because he predicted a 4-3 scoreline for his oh. birthday. And that sure was the scoreline. <laughs> so I saw Greg inebriated after the the match, and I uh, and he's like, "You fucker, gaga, guys, four three, four three. And it was uh, it was really funny. And then he hugged me and said, "Happy birthday!" It was sweet. Yeah, I was. Uh, and we ate like what eight, nine hot dogs. Dude, so me and Josh were hanging out in in the club, and we ate all of the vegan hot dogs. You got regular ones, and oh yeah, uh, and then we ventured on over to uh, visit with Greg in, in front of the drums, and in the process, we ran into a friend of the pod, Rocky Martin, and his very lovely girlfriend. And Rocky and his girlfriend were like, we don't want to stay in the army. Can we come back to the club with you? And I was like, of course you can. And so uh, they, they, they joined us on our adventure. We saw many people, Josh, you, you received your house of horror patches and you passed them out to the random folk, which was very sweet. Yes. He did not sell them on eBay. Uh, And uh, (laughs) uh, the, but back to the match. Oh, this is a loss that feels like a really dumb loss to me. This is mm-hmm. awful. So, man, is Gio a good coach, or is it just that this match was not was was afterthought? He, he doesn't have. I, I I I'm struggling with this, and I don't know. I keep saying he's not a good coach but then he sort of he he's good enough and he's consi- he's consistent with whatever that is like but i don't know where would we where would we move to if like what kind of direction what do we want to play like what's up with this team like the team is sort of gelling we have we're going in a different direction with players and we sort of have to see them through and see where it's going. Um, if he wanted know, to win this so. game, he was a bad coach. Yeah, correct. I think that's a fair way to put it. But no one thinks, even people wherever we go, like everyone just says, like, "Oh, it's just, it's just what's it called? It's just, um, oh my god, open cup, open, open cup. cup. It's just open cup. It's just yeah. open cup. But it's not. There's a Champions League spot that we're not getting now because of." It, this. If there was some massive like TV rights deal that you would get if you only won MLS Cup or some massive payout, blah blah blah, I, I could understand you know not focusing on U.S. Open Cup, but it is the shortest route to getting a Concacaf Champions League position, and again, very con- the, the only time I will be consistent on this podcast is that is the 
only competition that I care about getting to because I want the Timbers to win it and go to the Club World Cup. And so yeah. to we have no other route there. Yeah, I, it's not impossible to win MLS Cup. It's just way harder because people play their like C and D lineups or their younger players. And we could dominate that win us open cup, get a trophy, get a banner and then make it to CONCACAF champions league. And, and we could come out of nowhere and just play an A team and destroy. But yeah. we so, choose. Yeah. But we just choose not to. We think we're a bigger club than we are. He, um, it's, it's to be expected that you can't get the, we had a bunch of T2 guys and that were signed for temporary temporary contracts and things like that. Um, it's to be expected that those guys are not going to gel with the first team completely. I don't know how often they, pra- they practice with the first team, but I mean, of- offensively we were doing really well. Um, but we, you know, we had lapses. Every one of their goals, you could see unfolding like you were like, oh boy. This is not yeah, good. This comes. is going to end poorly. Here it comes. Here it comes. Here it comes. There it is. Yeah. And so when they went up, always RSL, you know, when they went up four, three, it was, I feel like it was like the 60th minute or something. I don't know. He waited a good 10 to 15 minutes before he subbed any, anybody on. And then it was, uh, he subbed on, who was it? Mascara and Espria was it? Um, Mascara wasn't until the last five minutes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. That was another thing that made me mad. It was Espria and somebody else, but Moreno, and they yeah, should have. And then we started at the half. Yeah, we started sub. Yeah. We started peppering those that goal, um, we, and we had a ton of chances, but they just didn't have enough time to turn it over. And then he waits until five minutes left in the game to sub in Mascara. What is the point of that? At that point. Like unless Mascara is coming in to to do something crazy, like play as an extra winger, which he didn't. He just played as a defensive right back. And the the thing that pisses me off about this, and not that it was my birthday, which was disappointing <laughs> to lose on my birthday, but it was that the three again. It was like another like week in a row where there's three games in you know eight calendar days or whatever. So you don't want to burn everyone out, or you know I get it, but all three games are at home. So like the last time this happened and it was the two away games and then they having to come back for the midweek game against OC. I totally get it. Play the, play the B team. These are professional athletes and they should be expected to be able to play three games in eight days for this type of thing, for an at home, you know, knockout game. I just, I cannot fathom why it was littered with, um, B and C players and T2 players. Like it just like, it's so damn frustrating. And then like, again, like putting mascara in, like you said, Randy, for the last five minutes when you're down, why, like why risk injuring him for five minutes? If you, if you're really trying to tie the game, like Greg said, you should have done it at the half when, but that's all those subs should have come in. We make those stupid last minute changes that screw everything up. I don't agree with that. I I, I mean, I, I think, um, Geo makes a lot of changes, subs at like 60 minutes or whatever. Um, remember, if you remember, Porter would never sub, and he would see all his subs were like garbage time subs. So that's yeah. one thing I'll give Geo credit for is subbing often. Um, I well, think he just made horrible decisions this last game. Geo does this weird thing, and I'll defend the first example. If we're chasing a scoreline, he will take off an attacker and put a defender on. And like, that seems counterintuitive, but you can see, okay, usually that's you adding someone else on the back line, turning our fullbacks into wingbacks. And now they can push them and get into attack. Okay. That's fine. In this match, first of all, I forget exactly who was on the field at the time, but they were already losing steam. Moreno and Espria should have come on at the half. I will die on that hill. But as soon as we were up, before we gave up that tying goal, before we gave up the losing goal, uh, Geo takes off a defender and puts in an attacker. And that, that makes, I don't remember, but that yeah, makes yeah. so much less sense. Like, I get you want to kill the game and put it away. Right. Especially when our, but when our defense to that point had had a couple, you know, glaring things that you were like oh boy yeah they can almost hold it together but then 
you know, 25% of the time they cannot hold that together. Yeah. yeah. <sighs> I, don't, I don't get it. So, so back to what we did not do in the beginning was predictions. So Randy, you said a three, one win, Greg, you said a three to two win, Josh, a four to two win and me a four to three win. And I think we all pretty much had said spirit of the game. Correct in terms of it was going to be a high-scoring affair. But, again, like, that is the most frustrating type of loss for me and given all of the circumstances, so or at least the ones that we know. I think that one goes to you for being the closest. Ooh, no, I don't want it because Greg was really mad at me for that scoreline, <laughs> and uh, I was scared of him in that moment. I was like, Greg is going to punch me in the face. How were, how were oh, you yeah, guys feeling like uh, after the end of that match about everything? I was pretty down. I was burn it down. Yeah. (laughs) I I don't know if I told you this before on that Seattle match, um, the the one that I missed where we um, at home where we uh, destroyed those guys. I but I had almost hoped that we. I mean, in the back of my head, I was like, man, I kind of hope we lose this and he gets fired. (laughs) He's not getting fired no matter what. We don't have another option. Unless it's Liam. Oh, man. We would be undefeated if <laughs> Liam Ridgewell was the coach right now. He'd be barking uh, things in English that no one understands. I know. He's on every bench. I just want him to be our coach. Yeah. He will be I, No, because yeah. I want to say – I want to talk – I again, like the one thing that super frustrated me was when they brought on Mascara and like the 86th or whatever minute. And so Bingham was the keeper and – it was like clearly mascara coming on is to just run at the the right side. And there was two times where Bingham got the ball and totally slowed up play where it was like mascara is open and running on the wing um, and would have been totally fine to dribble up the field. And Bingham held on to the ball. And I was like, what are you doing? I wasn't even drunk at this point. Like I had behaved up until uh, this point. And so like, it was, it was super frustrating and I don't understand how someone is not chirping at him in the moment saying like, throw the ball. Like get this, like we, we don't have time to dick around. This is get the ball to someone's feet and start moving. Um, And then again, that does, we said it before, but does Gio know how to sub? And I think the answer for this game was no. And I, yeah. whoever said it in the beginning might have been you, Randy, where it's like where he's really good at the games that he wants to win and not at the ones that he doesn't. And now we're out. Okay. And now we have to win MLS Cup or this uh, League's Cup, which is a good idea, just for the re- <laughs> for the record, um, uh, uh, to to get to Concacaf Champions League, and it's fucking stupid. Sorry, I'm really it really frustrates me. Seattle yeah, wins CONCACAF Champions news. League first, and then they get to go play in Morocco. You know where we played? Not Morocco. And against Colorado, because who cares? <laughs> and they'll win this new League's Cup, too, probably. And oh, we'll just be, like, super God. angry. You shut your mouth. Um, I know uh, Randy is giving us the spend no time on this uh, finger motion <laughs> in the video camera, which none of you can see. So... At the end of this match, and as anyone knows, in the 85th minute in the Key Bank Club, they bring out lots of donuts. And in previous years, it was always Voodoo Donuts, and they had the actual Voodoo Donut in a larger format that had the logo of the opposing team to the next home match. And you could go up and stab it with the pretzel sticks, and it was always a good time. And then this year, they've moved to Cocoa Donuts, which they're okay. They're not bad but they're individually wrapping every single one of them in plastic cellophane. And so like when you pull the plastic off, like it's just humid enough in that room to where all of the frosting comes off the donut. And you're like, fuck it. What's the point? Like I'm not, no frosting came off my donut and voodoo donut sucks. (laughs) You are absolutely wrong. And I don't want a stale. Jonathan is in the key bank club complaining about the cellophane wrapped donuts. Those tickets are expensive. Randall and I'm going to get a donut that's worth eating. They used to have the grape ape and it was amazing and now I got this plastic wrapped donut that tastes like shit. Um, Well, Voodoo Donuts has great marketing and fun ideas but their donuts are not that good. 
Um, but I think other people agreed with you though, because Simon was in key bank that section. And when he went to go get a donuts, the lady just gave him a whole box. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're available. Like, dude, you get like one donut with frosting. And Josh, I don't know what donut you ate that said like the frosting stayed on, but you're clearly either some, like, stupid or a liar. One. And I don't know which well, one. Well, you is. said both. a bunch of matches ago that you were going to take Simon to Key Bank Club and take him to a match, and you've lied and not done that yet. What's that? I, I did it kind of, kind of did by proxy. Yeah, 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 but that wasn't real. Uh, Simon. Also, one last true story before Greg gets super mad. I can see his face. His patience is slowly <laughs> draining like Randy when we send him new merchandise items. Um, <laughs> Simon and uh, one of his buddies in one of those games, uh, they were in C3 and they were in the wrong seats thinking they were in C2. And they had like the guy who had those seats was like, no, you're over there. And they're like, oh, okay. And I'm watching this whole thing happen in real time. And as they're walking by, I just said, up like out loud, real little, I'm like, get it together, Simon. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and he looked over and I don't think he recognizes me at this point. Oh no, um, he does, man. He talks oh, about he you all the time. He thinks you're the greatest thing. He wishes not so secretly wishes that, you were his guardian and I have passed away. <laughs> That's fair. I mean, literally just just the other day, he said, Jonathan's awesome. We do have a life I mean, insurance he likes Josh too. So I don't know. <laughs> Good news. Simon. Mean, you only have the, to the wait. The whole like family likes me. It's only three years. <laughs> yeah. Two or three years. Randy's going to die. I was like, get it together, Simon. Um, yeah. Uh, anyway. All right. So shitty loss, stupid exit of a competition that we should be in and we should be winning. And uh, so, yeah. So now we, we move on to Greg. What's the next match to Greg's birthday. Hey, oh, I really want to talk about our only win of the week, but that's all the time we have for today. My folks. <laughs> <laughs> Timbers win three to one over Vancouver, Ooh. taking a resounding lead in the Cascadia Cup standings and also in our most complete performance of the year so far. Oh, I wow. Like, so this is what happens when you play a team of all starters that are not injured minus Eric Williamson, who, by the way, was in the key bank club before and during the match, um, hanging out, um, yeah. with Miss Hoobly. So nice. Hmm. Um, also this is what happens when Vander has got a bunch of games under his belt and is figuring things out too, I believe. And we don't keep him on for a hat trick. You guys, did you guys see today? Uh, Evander is man of the match day for all of MLS. Uh, he deserves it. He was absolutely on fire. And I just want to point out a couple things. One, me and Josh have always been supportive of Evander, <laughs> and Since all we did, yeah, we've sang his praises on this podcast publicly multiple times. I've defended him on facebook posts and i'm disappointed again in greg and randy for just just <laughs> ragging on him for the first part of this season where you know uh, he gave it his uh, all you guys were fans of his even before you were fans of Espria, right 100 yeah. yeah. yep. yeah. sure jonathan cycle, you know jonathan you are what would happen if i rubbed a magic lamp and my first wish was to create a person made completely out of money and recency bias. <laughs> I defended Evander in the last episode. I told you you're not appreciating him. And you know what? Just to spite you a little bit more, after he scored a goal, that man smiled. He sure did, man. Oh. He never smiles on the field, but he did. And he scored a second goal, and he smiled even bigger. And then he knew, he knew. He could make history with a hat trick, and that man went for an Olympico. That, um, Dude, yeah, you saw that, that post where almost he, happened, where he said that he was fully aware that no Timber had has scored a hat trick in MLS play, and he wanted to be the first. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He's gonna do it. <laughs> so, Greg was pushing Kelly out of the way, trying to make out with me. It was crazy. <laughs> what do you mean trying? <laughs> <laughs> I. 
when he almost scored that on the on the corner kick, it was uh, like you're watching it happen in real time, and it felt like one of those slow motion things where it was like so close. And if that had happened, the third goal being that, I would have rushed the field pants off. Yeah. Well, you wouldn't, but that's good. I mean, mentally, ending you would. Yes, Mentally. we we did yeah. score four yeah. goals that match, and uh, I don't fault an, an own goal like that at all. If a guy's actively trying to do something to prevent a, a ball from going in, and that's what happens, I, I don't I don't I don't fault that at all. No no beef with um... Greg. What is Randy talking about? Zach McGraw had an own goal. Uh, it was quite unlucky. Uh, not Zach's fault. It was somebody's fault. I just forget whose fault it was. I mean, it was somebody didn't. Was it Bravo for not? Being uh, able I mean, it was a fast break. He couldn't close it down Bravo. in time, and he barely squeaked it by. I mean, yeah. Uh, and it wasn't even necessarily Bravo's fault. That's just how we lined up for this match. Uh, it was just a good ball to that guy too. Great ball to that guy. Bo- both of our outside backs are attacking minded. Uh, it's really clear that Gio wants Mascara to be the primary attacking fullback. Uh, with Bravo providing support, he just couldn't get back in time. It's it's one of the risks when you play like this. Um, and he, he almost got it, just you unfortunately got it into our own goal. So. If that had yeah. been on the attacking side of the field, that would be goal of the week. Um, <laughs> yeah. like, right, that right, was, yeah. It was really good. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was Evanders, fun. let's let's talk about that one Evander goal where it was like Moreno to Mascara to Moreno to Mascara to Evander to Moreno. Like it was just like, clearly I'm exaggerating there, but when he hit that on the volley uh, in what, what, what type of kick is that? It was like that, like falling off to the side and, and nailing it, not a scorpion kick, but like close to it. Is it like a sideways scissor kick kind of thing? We, I call that the, Oh shit. I positioned slightly off. Yeah, but I still have the quality to to bang that into the the back of the net. And we were just playing with them. It was like a cat having a mouse by the tail. It was amazing. It was was like yeah, like 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 a cat like falls off something. They land on their feet and are like, oh yeah, I meant to do that. And (laughs) for the like matches leading up to this, like it's been very much like a dog. Like you like you know fall off something and they're like, oh shit, like that hurt. Uh, But this was. All those bounces and passes that were even probably non-passes were going to the exact right spot or falling the right way, and the touches were perfect. And the chemistry, which is again like one of the things I care about, like again like when I have been the uh, hard-loving Vander, um, is uh, it's like he doesn't look like he wants to be there, doesn't look interested. Like it's like why is he here? Like what's going on? And and as you guys both said, like big smiles after the goals and the the vibe the culture felt right on the field for like i would say the, like honestly the first time this season even beating seattle was amazing that this was different it was a good game i don't know you don't remember the beginning we we were we had a good uh, i was looking at the the board and it said like we had 52% to 48% possession and then it switched like at 20 minutes to Vancouver had more possession than us, and you noticed it for that I mean, first they, they half. Had, they had some chances it, for sure. We had a slump, and then, but we obviously we came back and destroyed. Is it a slump so. or is it game state? Because we were up a goal from the yeah. 79th second on. Yeah. Oh, by who scored that goal? Frank Bully. Uh, your My boyfriend, bully. boyfriend Frank Bully. He bullied on in and bullied a goal right into that net. Well, um, right before the oh. match started, Prince Metal was like, "That guy better score, or it's over for him today." Yeah, Bully <laughs> redeemed himself because going back to that RSL match, if Bully put that sitter in the net or slid it off to Moreno, we would have advanced to the Open Cup. So. Bully redeemed himself. Well, Bully's that thing in RSL. He was at a totally, totally weird angle when he got that. I don't know. That was that would have been next to impossible for him to. I mean, it would have been fan, amazing, but uh, I don't think it was. It <laughs> dries that. It's not like he um, Milano did or Nisgoda did. 
Uh, that was 49.56, and if you can make a gong sound after the fan, amazing. <laughs> that would be amazing. Um, <laughs> but I and fantastic. Yeah, the like the the attack finally kicked in. It felt like everything was moving in the right direction, and now I'm actually excited for the next you know midweek game, which we will obviously talk about in a minute. But Randy, it says well, we didn't here, do predictions some... yet. We didn't do predictions. Oh. Yet. Yeah, yeah, sorry, sorry, sorry. Randy, you predicted a 2-0 win with a Jimmy bicycle kick. Greg predicted a 3-0 win. I think we made fun of you in the moment uh, when you picked that. And we're like, what an idiot. And then Josh (laughs) predicted a 1-1 tie. Stressful. They score early. We score late. And I said a 2-1 win plus. I don't know what the plus was for. I'll have to go back and listen. Um, But Greg wins. Greg is the winner. We scored four goals in this match. Yeah, yeah we scored all the goals. And it was outstanding that uh, Vander had McGraw lift his second log slab. Yeah, yeah, that, that was, was hilarious. hilarious. I saw that on the uh, rebroad on the. I watched the get part of that afterwards, and they were the announcers were like, "Oh, he got to lift his own goal after all, his own log slice." For the yeah, own goal. That's funny. But that's uh, a sign of yeah, a good culture amongst the players, goofing off, having yeah. fun. That's, yeah, you made a really dumb mistake, but like we're still going to have a good time with our fans and, you know, enjoy it. I was watching the warm up before the game started, and it was Espria in the center circle, and they were, but they were totally goofing off. I mean, they were, they were laughing. Oh, they were tripping each other. They yeah. were having fun. They were like slapping each other on the back. It did not look like a, like a warm up for a professional match, but it was like very, very pleasing to watch those guys have fun and have but that that's kind also of why I'm a little worried about, like, you know, like I, I'm not sorry, I'm not wor- that worried about the geo situation because. There seems to like everyone seems to be gelling, so it's like let everything sort of be if it's working, and you know like it's if, working this one last we were, match. <laughs> yeah, but it, but if they're having fun, it's working behind the scenes. Okay, okay. So you know, like maybe he's not the best, but we're doing something, and this is usually when we turn around and start winning a bunch of games. So hopefully that'll happen again. I want my team to be having fun. Yeah, I want them to be yeah. having fun. Yeah, yeah, well, that's, that's the point of this whole season. Have fun. Speaking of not having fun, um, and we, we've uh, we've cut out a little bit of a talk we had about some ultra, some ultra culture on the north end. Um, I had my own experience with ultra culture in the north end. I sat in the front row with uh, Mark Prince Metal, who works the the flag <laughs> crew, um, and. Um, about 85 minutes into the match, I can't remember exactly, uh, the guy standing behind me who sure as hell seemed like he was loaded the whole match because he was like, you know, every single foul, he, would be, he was like yelling, you know, the F-bomb at the ref. And, and, and but he would the kind of guy that would just like go on and, on, and like, you know, meanwhile, the ball's on the other end of the field and stuff, other stuff is happening, but he still won't let it go. But about 85 minutes into the match or so, I can't remember exactly, I can feel I can feel the guys uh, leaning over to yell directly into my head. You know, I can feel his breath on the back of my head. I can, you know, feel him clapping, you know, to hit hit me in the back of the head. Not hit like me, but... Like on, on purpose? Uh, yeah, I mean, like, like, you know, that happens like once or twice or whatever. And you're like, oh, this is whatever. It's an accident. This is not, you know, but then... I can, you know, I can feel it and I can tell cause I, he's moving back and then, you know, like, and then I could, you know, whatever I could tell something was up. So I let it go on for a few minutes and then I turn around to, you know, see what this guy's beef is. And he immediately, I don't even get a word out. I just turn around and he starts screaming at me. You haven't participated the entire match. You haven't done a damn thing. And I can't, I have to paraphrase after this because I don't remember the exact words, but basically accusing me of, of not doing anything the entire match. And he was real big on participating and how everyone else around me is participating. And why do I, why, why can't I participate and why am I not doing anything for the team? And I'm in the front row and I, I, um, I could not, I did not have the presence of mind to, to react to that in a thoughtful manner. <laughs> and, and so I just that's, blew up and fair. I just, uh, I blew up in his face too and just told him to fuck off and was like, you know, you don't get to tell me how to support 
any team, this team, and we're just screaming at each other. And uh, some of his his wife gets in front of him, and his friends kind of move him away, and then the people that I'm with kind of step over between. And so I'm just like, all right, that's fine, it's over. And um, and then after the matches, you know, a couple of his people are like, are we okay? And I'm like, yeah, it's fine, thanks. You know, I'm fine, thank you. And then the match is over, and his wife is like you know, I'm sorry or whatever that happened. Then, but then she's like, but you should be. And I was like, no. <laughs> and I started yelling at her and I lost my temper. And I, I was yelling at her about what her husband was doing. I wasn't yelling at her. You know, I wasn't like, you yeah, know. yeah. And uh, then she got really offended. And then that guy got really bent out of shape. Like I accosted his wife. And so, but we had sort of smoothed it over me and his wife. I was like, okay, I'm sorry. You're right. I shouldn't be yelling at you. I apologize. But then, like they, they, they you know, the, his friends got like, you need to be more aware of where you're, 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 where you're at, what your physical location is. I forget what he said, like, and it's like, dude, you guys do not have. Nobody has the right to tell anyone how to support their team outside of, you know, are you being racist and supporting your team? You, you know, that's not acceptable. But you can't sit there and yell at somebody for not being, and and that's a weird thing. I don't know if he was mad at me because I was on TV possibly. And he was right behind me. I got like a hundred million texts from people like, hey, you're on TV. Um, you were just what like were you, what were you like, not? Yeah. What were you not doing? I was, uh, well, a little bit of a backstory. I had spent that, that day um, working in the yard. I was digging some fence holes and uh, I was cutting some wood and I'd caught um, right before I left. I caught a, you know what a, um, what do they call it? A back cut is where the uh yeah. i caught a board that got ki- a kickback from this table saw and i thought my i thought i broke my arm and i had this big gash on the side of my arm and my forearm was swollen and so i was not i did not have a lot of energy going to that match because i was like physically exhausted and i was in a lot of pain and i had a big red gash on my arm so my energy wasn't wasn't uh, um I mean, but I was chanting. I wasn't. I wasn't screaming. I didn't chant every chant. I was clapping. It hurt to clap. Yeah, I so sit, I, I just sit there with my mouth with just staring the whole time. And like the, the weird thing is, is I'm sitting next to Mark, and then I'm sitting next to this other guy who was visiting from. He he had moved away back to. I want to say it wasn't Ukraine, but I think I feel like it was like a Slavic country, and he was. A, a longtime timber supporter and just happened to be back in town and he was there with his wife um and she wasn't doing anything and but for some reason the guy was hell-bent on yelling screaming at me um i didn't know that whole situation was you but come down there and so side. anyways the point of this is don't not to feel sorry for me the point of this is is that that i mean that guy's that you know, ultra mentality, I guess I'm not doing enough to support the team. That is, that's just a, he's a, that's a bad, that's everything that's wrong with that. You know, you don't get, you don't, that's not how you support your team by screaming at other fans for not yelling as loud as you. Um, You don't do anything for the reputation of the supporters. You don't do anything for the team that way. I mean, I've, I've heard stories of that happening to other people before. And I've always kind of brushed that off. I'm like, come on, that that's not a real thing that happens in the Timbers army. Um, but it is. Were, where were you? Were you I in was right at the front of 206, right? But kind of right behind the log. 106. I'm sorry. 106. 106 yeah. Right behind the log like in the front of. Yeah. So that's the takeaway here is that's, that's not the, I mean, that's not the way you support your team. And that's not the way you get other people to support your team. It's not the, that's just a terrible, terrible way to present yourself, your team and your supporters culture. Here's a takeaway. Everybody in the stadium, both in the stands and on the pitch is a whole ass human with a whole ass life. And nobody knows what's going on in anybody's life. So let people be people. Yeah. Yeah. 
the only that, that's not even it. I, I I appreciate what you're saying. Everyone is a human being, and everyone. And it's funny. We just watched. I just watched the last Ted ep- Lasso episode, and they had a whole big, big <laughs> thing about people being human beings and having their own stuff that they have to deal with on and off the pitch. And that you know, it, it's not even that. I mean, you, that's 100 percent true, right? Be more empathetic. You don't know what somebody else is going through, but also there's still there's still no 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 room for that kind of behavior. Even if even if that person has absolutely nothing going on that day and they won the lottery and their life is perfect, sounds like me. So <laughs> I, what I would say is, first of all, hire someone to do the yard work. Who's going to do? So you don't injure yourself. That sounds like a bad I use of I can't time afford it, dude. Day. I cannot afford yeah. it. You can afford it. Um, the. And don't injure yourself so you can support the team fully. Uh, You're right. It was my fault. It was my fault. I'm sorry. I'd like to apologize to everybody. I, I, but for real, I just don't get that mindset. You guys are all right, and uh, that I told the story on the on the. It was, and we were. It was a three-one win too. Like, how could you possibly be mad? Everyone should be in a good mood. Maybe it has nothing to do with the match. He just listens to the podcast. He knows who you were, and he thinks you suck. <laughs> <laughs> like the rest of us. We just hate Randy. Randy is not having fun again. I could see it in real life. But I have um, people tell me every match that I just really – I sit there with my arms crossed, and I look like I'm having a horrible time. But really, I'm just watching the match, and that's what I do. I don't like singing. That's so why I don't I sit there and chant. But like <laughs> at the <laughs> end, if we score, me and Greg go crazy. If – a horrible play happens we go crazy at the end we tetris if that's the thing like and uh you know, everyone celebrates different shout out to 106 apparently this this guy was not a regular at least not in in that area of 106 so it's not not to disparage the folks in the 106 yeah well that's a bummer it shouldn't happen um and uh, it's nice that you still hold yourself accountable for your reaction saying like I would have reacted differently had I had it like, you know, more than four seconds to think about what my reaction was going to be. Yeah, um, like we had a, I had like we, this part's cut out, but yeah, we had a, I had a thoughtful conversation with somebody about the Portland boys chant. And so there's two ways to approach those kind of things. Yeah. All right. Well, Let's hope we ride this momentum, uh, and especially Gio, if he chooses to wear the brown pants and tan polo shirt again in the future. <laughs> he looked very delightful. Um, I'm still confused as why he chose to wear a scarf. Yeah, but he was wearing like white sneakers with that outfit too. Like I, that is like if you're gonna wear cream and like brown or cream and tan, like you gotta go with like uh, that style of shoe. Definitely right. cream colored shoes, but he still looked pretty good. I was very impressed. Um, and if he took off his shirt, I'd give him a massage. So have I talked about the, the geo box on the podcast before? No, no. My no. friend Jeff wants to start a service where you sign up for the geo box and you, you get sent what he was, what he wears to the match once a month. Oh yeah, you have. <laughs> it's been a long time, but you have brought yeah. that up. All right. Uh, and Greg, you can choose to delete this if you want to at one Oh four 25. But, uh, me and Josh had talked about, uh, we were going to get you a birthday message board, uh, and it was going to be to Gregory Paulson. Uh, <laughs> but we didn't end up like we said it like in the moment and then I forgot. Uh, and I was like, damn it. That would have been perfect when I was like, Oh, it's his birthday. Oh, um, that's fun. Yeah. But, um, does anyone else have anything they want to talk about from the actual match itself? No. Uh, moving on to uh, some Timbers business, which I I can't even fake passion for these two things. So, so I'm going to just read them as they are. But there is a new technical director, Jack Dodd. It sounds like a fake CIA name, but it's good. <laughs> and this dude comes from Toronto FC and has been in MLS for a while. He was instrumental in bringing over some signings or some of the scouting with like specifically Sebastian Giovinco, um, the atomic ant, if you guys all remember, but he, are you saying players. he discovered that guy? <laughs> yeah. It's like, basically he's like Columbus. He's really amazing and uh, completely discovered Giovinco, but uh, it's, it's nice to see the position finally filled. And um, I have more faith in him than I do. Ned Grabovoy. He's got um, Premier League experience doing similar types of things. 
yeah. Crystal Palace, Liverpool, um, all along the sort of ladder of different types of scouting responsibilities. So at first I was like you, I, I was kind of like, who, who cares? But I'm, but reading a, a bit about his, his experience, even though Toronto's doing horribly, um, I think it, hopefully it could be good for him, um, to, especially with connections overseas. I will take the overseas connections. I would love players coming in from like the championship in England um, to to Portland, who wouldn't require like designated player money, but know what the, the physicality required to play in like a tough and tumble league. And uh, I think do you th- do I what? Sorry, go. No, you, you go. think we're going to start seeing some uh, more European players now that in a few years the World Cup will be here? So. Like they'll be sending players over just to climatize and see if. Like, I don't think you're crazy, environments. Uh, but I think it's still a, like a year or two away from that happening, or like maybe championship players who want to get a good look uh, in MLS because the focus yeah, is guys, here. But national team players that aren't starting on their team or whatever that want to make sure guys, guys like uh, Gareth Bale or whatever that kind of situation. Who's that? <laughs> Also another god that if I lived in England or Spain, I would have also married him as well, um, even though he's kind of goofy looking. Um, and he's Welsh. Yeah. Um, I don't care about that stuff. It's just one country to me. But anyway, so um, uh, another midfielder signed from T2 is Noel Kaliskan to a one-year deal. I think we might have talked about this actually on the last podcast because it was after the other U.S. Open Cup match. But yeah. Exciting to see him uh, and to get a chance. Do we decide that he's German? Is that right? He's he's born in Germany, I think. Yeah. Okay. Did we decide he's German? Uh, yeah. I was a little bit surprised the- he didn't get subbed on late in this match when we were up three um, one, and they, they subbed on Miller instead. Um, I would have like. I mean, I got nothing against Miller. Miller, I think does it does a good job when he plays for us. I would have liked to have seen Noel get some minutes in that match. So I'm I sorry, like I, I was going to go straight to predictions after this, but this is a good thing because um, is anyone surprised to have not seen Blanco at least get like a 10 minute run out? Like when they brought in Luria um, as a sub, I was like, how in the hell do you not bring in Sebastian Blanco for this moment in a Cascadia rivalry? Because we're saving him for the League's Cup. Saving him for Wednesday, probably. So we're, pl- uh, we're playing a game on is he, Wednesday. Is he traveling? Greg, what are you saying? As we were recording this, Wode29 on Reddit asked us, so Blanco is healthy enough for a tournament, but not healthy enough for match day? Yeah, I it, it like there this he is was like warming one of the, up. One of the he was warming up. He was looking like he At was the end come of the on. match. Yeah, yeah there I were, thought he was coming on too. Th- this is like the one time in Key Bank outside of an MLS Cup final that I heard people like chanting in unison, which was like Let's see Blanco. And it was at least 20 or 30 people. So loud enough to, um, they knew who he was. I, I, I don't know. I think someone <laughs> told him to say it, but it was more it free was, hot dogs. Yeah, well, maybe, maybe that's what they were saying. Um, bring back uh, voodoo. Yeah. Bring back voodoo. <laughs> but it was weird to see like Luria come on in that moment and not Blanco. So I have to I imagine there was Luria. a reason. Luria is really good, but I mean, like He's that's big. the curtain call for Blanco to get into his, you know, first minutes for MLS yeah. and um, uh, whatnot. But yeah, so Blanco had just played forty-five minutes on Wednesday, and the thing about that age and that injury, it's not how long you go in that day; it's how long it takes you to recover after you play. Sounds True. like Randy. so he could have been feeling weird after the match. He or wanted to get on that damn field. He was hustling on that sideline trying to get yeah. in. Yeah, we'll we'll probably see him Wednesday then. Yeah. All right. Well, let's. Uh, I think we are past the other questions too. We're already over. We're at an hour right now. So let's uh, let's just do predictions and then we'll close on out. All right. Okay. I'll do it then. Wednesday we are playing Real Salt Lake at six thirty p.m. Pacific time. Greg, go. Wait, RSL's in eleventh. We're currently in sixth. Okay. Yeah, but but all the points are like one point apart. Yeah. You know, yeah. you can win one game and get in points. the second. Right. You're right. <laughs> We're pissed. We want revenge. Four nil. Oh. Okay, Randy, go. Uh three one. 
I'm saying nil-nil. And I'm going to go with uh, two to one because, again, that's no one picked it. So that's the easiest score line. Two to one win. Okay. And then on Saturday, God, this is back to back. Um, we got Minnesota. Minnesota is in ninth place on 12 points. Okay. Um, Greg. I hate Minnesota. 5 0. Oh, yeah, Greg. I love that. I agree. <laughs> If you got hate in your heart, Randy, out. I'm going to go 2 1 win. Damn it, Randy. I was going to take that. Okay. I'm doing 3 0 because we're coming off that 0 0 tie and we're going to be dominating. And it's going to be like 90 degrees. I'm going back to my 4 2. Uh, 4 to 2 win. I didn't, I didn't say your name yet. Oh, Jonathan, go. I'm going to go with a 7-1 to one win um, in honor of Josh. Uh, uh, no, I, I agree. I think momentum's in our favor. I think travel to Salt Lake for a midweek match is is easy travel. There's nothing crazy. like, like That's like a one-hour time difference or whatever, even if it, I don't even think it is anymore at this point. I don't know when they do daylight savings and not. But uh, minimal travel, momentum is high. Does anyone want to call an Evander hat trick in any of these matches? Ugh. And mean it, not just say it. Huh. No, not yet. I think he's going to work up to it. Um, I'll say a, a it's spree be of the brace. Match we don't expect it. Ooh, Randy said a spree of brace, and you could do that with either nice. scoreline. So uh, I just want to see more of his red boots uh, all day, every day. Um, I'm going to go with an Evander hat trick for the Saturday match versus Minnesota. Huh. Okay, have fun with that. <laughs> I hope Evander never gets a hat trick for us because he did not deliver one for my birthday. So Ooh. fuck Evander. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, all right. Um, uh, Randy, it looks like you chose yet again another shitty song. For our <laughs> In honor of uh, Vancouver's Japanese keeper, Yohei Takahoma. I believe that's how you pronounce his name. Takahoma. Yeah. Takaoka? Yeah. 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 Takaoka. Sorry. Yohei Takaoka. Um, Summertime Boogie by the godmothers of uh, Japanese indie female bands, Shonen Knife. And I, and I picked that song. I go, I wanted to bring up the fact that, Jonathan, you're going to love this song. You're going to love it. <laughs> I love that keeper. He looked very tiny to me. He was a little. He guy. looks exactly like my friend Kelly from high school's brother. Oh, I'm, that's very like relevant exact. for all the listeners. It's like I, I thought it was him at first, and then I saw his last name, and I'm I like, just no, want to point not. out that when Josh said he looks exactly like, part of me went, "Oh shit! Oh shit! Oh shit!" Don't say something terrible. Don't say something terrible. Josh, where do they reach us, even though nobody ever does? Listen, I'm not hating crime anymore, so everything is good. You can reach us at portlandvanity at gmail.com. Leave us a voicemail, 503-583-4235. Our Facebook is Portland Vanity. Twitter, PDX Vanity Soccer. Instagram, Portland Vanity. And we have a playlist that none of you listen to on Spotify. Just search Radio Free PVSP. This song will be on there. <laughs> if it's on Spotify. Yeah. It's yeah. And go go to 1919 and buy merch. Yes, please. 1919 merch. Get some stuff. What's that? Uh, that's the new location for the Timbers Army in uh, Rose City Riverdale. Oh, the street address, 1919? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. You have to explain it. And, and I, know, I know you guys, get... and I don't know what you're talking about, so you should probably tell everybody where that is. Yeah, on the warehouse do... door, there's a little eight and a half by eleven in black and white, <laughs> really dark that says, "Go to 1919 <laughs> Morrison." We're not, do- and no, you can't even see it. Like, so people were walking in there, and I just thought I'd recommend it to people. All right. Okay. Good looking out, Josh. Yeah. Thanks, Josh. Thanks. All, right, All right, guys. Thanks, everyone. See you guys Bye.
I screamed at him for two hours during the match, and he didn't turn around once. Ready! 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 Oh. Ooh, someone added more information. I like it. Do we oh, know what we're doing? Not really. No, give me, give me a minute. I totally screwed this up. But funny enough, I have not been at my computer upstairs or my desk upstairs in a um, uh, since I've been home and I was like, I just completely forgot that I didn't set up any of the podcast stuff again in terms of headphones. I was like scrambling the last minute because I meant to add the upcoming MLS matches for the Timbers and I forgot to do that on the agenda. So nice. Uh, Nick just sent us a message. Greg, I just put it in the chat. Nick who? What's his last name? Ryder? Sounds like an idiot. He's one of the TIFO guys? Yep, dumb. Skinny TIFO Nick? Yeah. We will do the upcoming two matches for predictions, which is against RSL and against Minnesota. These are his questions for the podcast? Yeah. Oh. All right. Oh, those are good questions. Have I ever sat in the army? Yeah, I have, asshole. Eat my <laughs> shit. Um, With but like aunt? twice. Um, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll get to those questions in a minute um, when we are talking about the other matches. Um, but, but hey, guys, I'll start it at two so it's easier. 